Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Dale Feliz. That's how, that's how they say the, uh, yeah. the happy day. Dale we Feliz. Welcome, uh, welcome to episode 115. See. If, uh, uh, if you missed the last episode, go check it out. Yes. 114, where Kevin talks about Espanol. his trip to the Dominican Republic. Por favor. And El Dande, or no. Uh, I don't know. Forget it. Uh, Dominican Republica. No. uh, Publica? No, Republica. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. No, but... um, Check it out. Si, senor. That's how they say when uh, when they do the training marsaros. They're like, si, senor. Si, si, senor. Si, senor. Si, si, senor. It's awesome. Yeah, and then they got more the, syllables, so it's different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's funny because normally, I guess the literal translation would be "si senor, si senor, si senor," you know. But but they keep that same kind of rhythmic mm-hmm. syllable. Yes, Lord, si senor. Anyway, mm. all right, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. So episode one hundred and fifteen, right at the top of the show. www.worshipmysterycatalyst.com. Go and uh, leave us some comments on the podcast episodes. Give us your feedback. We love to hear from you. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst, Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst, 360-818-4339. That's it, 4339. Head on over to iTunes and give us a review. We appreciate it. Helps us out over there. You can send an email to David at Ministry Catalyst dot com. Well, this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different, something I don't know if we've ever done. I mean, it, we've had episodes where we've just, you know, we've just started talking yeah. and then figured out what we're talking about it, but I've never <laughs> just like surprised you with an episode. Yeah, so I told David, I was like, I want you to surprise me. So. Because um, we, we got this like list of topics that we kind of work through and I'm like, you know what? Pull something off the list, surprise me, let's see what happens. Okay, I have one and I can I can kind of help drive this and. Okay. Oh, wait, well, so am I? Am I supposed to guess or? <laughs> no, no. Okay. But um, so, what we're going to talk about is culture. Culture shock. <laughs> Not culture shock. Oh. But um, I experienced a little bit of that culture shock coming. Yeah, back. coming back from the Dominican Republic. I'm like, yeah. whoa, and I'm back in rich America. Well, um, I guess, but it's been about seven weeks ago now. I got a, I saw a little tweet from Willow Creek. Yeah. The Willow Creek Association about being able, you know, looking for bloggers to join in and and give some feedback about their uh, Lift LIFT uh, curriculum. It's kind of like you know, it's like actual classes for leaders to go through about certain topics and grow on and stuff okay. like that. Um, so this is kind of impromptu, but we're gonna we're gonna hit it here. Um, but anyway, so I, I, I looked through the courses to see if there's anything I was, I was interested in, and I saw one on culture, and I've been really researching and reading and learning about culture recently. Um, and by culture, we don't just mean American culture. We don't mean like, um, 
you know, the world that we live in, but by, you know, I don't know if you've heard this, but you hear people talk about the culture of your church, right? Mm. Or like, yeah, I've, I've heard leaders say, you know, we want to create a leadership culture in our organization, a or, culture of worship. Yeah. A culture of worship. And, you know, and so, so we've been talking about, about some of the things in that, and it's been, it's been very interesting to, to learn about culture. So, um, I'm going to have to go dig up my notes here and kind of <laughs> be a little more informed than I'm being right now. But Get all set for the culture. Where we talk about culture wars, you know, we talk about, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, having a, a multicultural church, um, which can either mean like, it can either mean multi-ethnic or it can mean like uh, multicultural in the sense that you have... Um, you know, young hipsters, uh, you know, with, with their beanies, um, or, right, yeah. you know, or, or the, the older people with their suits. So, um, so let me just kind of talk about the, the course a little bit and kind of how it works. So basically you get a, you know, you get a login information and, and they have this Moodle. I don't know if you've ever heard of Moodle. No. So Moodle. this is the Lyft curriculum you're talking about? Yeah. Lyft, Lyft is the is kind of like the global overarching thing, and then they have a whole bunch of courses. So okay. my course is SC-1206, um, but then they have a whole bunch of other courses on leadership and stuff like that. But so you log on, you log on to it, and then um, I don't want to I don't want to dumb it down, but I don't want to just assume that ever, but probably if you're listening to a podcast, you're probably fairly web tech savvy. So I don't need to be, be too simplistic, yes. but um, you log on and there's just each week of the course is kind of laid out and they give you videos and they give you things that you're supposed to read. And then for this one, I don't know if it's the same for everyone. The first and last week you have a virtual classroom where you can go in and you can interact with the other people in the class. And oh. You might watch a video and then react to the video and talk about it, or you know the the discussion leader will kind of will kind of drive that discussion, ask questions, and then you you know you kind of carry on the conversation through video and stuff like that. But then, but it's been very intentional throughout the whole process to not just inform about culture, but but to come up with a strategy and a solution for how to take your culture from where it is, maybe some of the dysfunction that exists in your culture mm-hmm. and then begin to shape culture and the way that you want it to be way, the way that you want it to look. And Interesting. so one of the great things that I've really liked about it, it's a lot of real world, real life experience from other pastors, other church leaders, business leaders, and talk about their culture, the culture of whatever organization it is and how they created it and how they kind of maintain it. And so throughout this entire process, we've been watching these videos and reading these articles and stuff from, from people who have kind of gone through what we've gone through Mm -hmm. and then, and then dissected it and figured out a way to change it and how, and you know, and then they're sharing it with us because we're all, we are all being affected by the culture of our organization. You know, your church has a culture, my church has a culture and we aren't going to be able to take it to, where we think it needs to be if we don't know how the culture of the organization works hmm. because you can come up with all kinds of plans but the the culture of the organization is going to keep it the same you know I was talking with someone well, and it's going to help drive it and dictate and right I was yeah. talking to someone about it today you know even if you get a whole bunch of new people in 
to your church and they all have new ideas and, and a new way of thinking, but you still have the old culture. You still have the old way of doing business, the old way of making decisions, the old way of whatever. They're not going to be able to yeah. fight against that culture. Yeah. And probably, you know, they'll come in, you know, and bang their head against the wall for a couple of months and leave and go find a place where they can be a part of something that, that they're, uh, they're excited about. But so, so let me just give you some examples. You know, the first week um, was the importance of culture. The, sec- the second week was assessment values and other thoughts about culture. So assess your culture and, and how your values are what drives your culture. Your, your culture is kind of determined by what you value. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even if you don't have written values, you have values mm. as a church. Right, because every church, every church has a set of values that help. I mean, even even if they can't articulate mm-hmm. them, like I think those values, either from the pastor or the leadership of the church, helps to determine, mm-hmm. you know, what what where they're going. Well, yeah, you might you might be in a very traditional church, and you know, tradition might not be a written value anywhere, and might not be a part of your purpose statement or anything, but. But it's it's, it's infused, a value. Yeah, it's infused yeah. into the very fiber. Right. And so that's part of your culture. And so you have to identify, you know, the the values and stuff like that. The third week was a relational culture and using relationships, building a relational culture. And you can uh, make more impact through relationships. Um, week f- five, I don't know if I'm going in order here, shaping spiritual culture. And then week six is building a plan for change. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it's been really, it's been really great for me because culture. I've heard the word culture thrown out, thrown out a lot over the last, I don't know, probably decade. You know, I'd hear people say culture, and it's always been this kind of ambiguous term to me. Like, what does culture actually mean? Yeah, you know, um, I know what culture means when you compare America to the Dominican Republic. Right. Right. I know what culture means when you talk about, um, you know, my culture compared to my grandparents' culture. <laughs> but when you get into some of the right. the nitty gritty culture of my church, yeah, what does it mean church, when you're actually diving into the church? And yeah, yeah, and and how it can be so powerful. I mean, something that's so hard to grasp and something that's so out there and kind of intangible really drives and dominates your organization. Yeah. And probably as much, unless your culture has been built around a leader and following a leader, your culture is going to drive the organization as much, if not more than the leader. And so, um, so just, you know, learning about, about how to shape culture and then, you know, what you shape culture by, Mm. not just, you know, because you don't want to, try to dismantle a culture but not replace it with something intentional you know we don't want to just dismantle traditional for the sake of modern yeah because modern isn't necessarily the right value right Right. yeah and especially depending on your church you know Mm -hmm. what what's your value or what's the dna of your church what's the makeup you you can't just say all right this is the culture we're gonna choose boom you know it's not Mm -hmm. it's not like a like a random eeny meeny miny moe Right. So, so it's been, it's been very enlightening Wow, to, to just kind of absorb and from some really great, I mean, really great leaders, really great organizations. So what, 
Um, so what would you say is a way that you can help um, shape the culture of your church, for example? Well, I think it's I think the best way probably to shape culture is going to be more of a grassroots campaign <laughs> than by trying to make just, I mean, if you're the senior leader of the organization, if you're the lead pastor and you can kind of make changes and kind of, you know, force some things, then you might be able to, to change culture on a global, global level a lot, uh, a lot faster than, mm-hmm. than someone in our position can. But, um, but that also, you know, if, if the church, the, the culture in your church is awful, that also doesn't mean that you don't have any hope for a better culture. Mm-hmm. So, um, you can start within your specific ministry determine what you want your the culture of your ministry to look like you know establish what the values of your ministry are establish what what the norms are going to be and what the uh what are the things you're going to hold people accountable to what are yeah. those what are those rules the kind of base standard for how what's you're your going foundation to yeah. what what are you yeah and then and then you get people on board with that, get people, you know, living by that. You get some of your leaders, your key worship ministry leaders to, yeah. to buy into those values. And, and then they become, this is exactly what we're trying to do. They kind of become, you know, the campaigners. They become the people that go out. The champions. And, saying, yeah, the hey, champions. This is, exactly. this is a, a and they're good gonna, thing. They're going to go out and they're going to rub shoulders with other people in the worship yeah. ministry. And they're going to say, no, we're trying not to do it that way anymore. We're trying to move more towards this. And this is why, because we have this value. This is why, because we have this, you know, this purpose. We have this, this reason that we're trying to become more like this and be more driven by well, this or that. I think having a purpose, you know, like having a reason why is a big part of it. You know, I remember... Um, I I was looking through some um, really old um, uh, service orders from when I first started at Laurelwood. You know, so this is 2006, and, and I'm looking at these things, and you know, and it was like there was like 20 minutes of announcements and stuff like that. You know, and I'm just like, man, we used to do a lot of that, but we we made a decision. We wanted to change that culture, and we had a reason, a purpose, and the reason why. Because we we recognized that it almost became this thing where um, unless you shared it from up front from the pulpit, it didn't matter, you know. Mm-hmm. And and it's like you know people would just get all up in a tizzy about it because it's like, well, I I want my five minute announcement. I want to share it from up front because you know I need to tell the church and and, and we recognized that we were doing things um, in our church service that weren't honoring and glorifying god or the you know or helping the whole church body focus our attention on god it just became 20 minutes of announcements and so we we had this purpose of okay we want our worship service to be directly related to god uh to encourage our church body uh to worship god um and and to be glorifying to god so um and we said okay is this announcement going to do it? No. Let's find another way to get people to know. And, you know, of course, people kind of, you know, a lot of pushback at first. Mm-hmm. But we're at a place now where, you know, we hardly ever have any announcements. You know, usually, like, Pastor Mike will get up and, and share a few things going on in our church. Um, but that's it. 
And we had to kind of re-change that culture where we're like, no, if you want to know what's happening in our church, you need to read, you need, you need to go to the website, you need to read the e-bulletin, you need to mm-hmm. uh, go to one of the kiosks, um, you need to look at what the signs are, you need to, you know, all these other methods. Um, anyway, sorry, that's just an example of how, yeah, we, we had a purpose, we had a reason why we were doing it. And once people understood that, oh, yeah, our worship services can be much more glorifying to God if we don't break it up with 20 minutes of announcements. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, we've had those same comments and same discussions and same, Yeah, you know, I think that's something that probably a lot of churches have to face. And We should do a whole podcast about like announcements <laughs> and how to, how to do those well. Yeah, it kind of goes back with that public speaking thing yeah. we talked about. But, well, I mean, I have one one quick thought on that, and that is that your announcement shouldn't just be announcing an event. I mean, your announcement should be like you were talking about. We have these values and we have this purpose and our announcement, this we're doing this because we believe this as a church, yep. not because we want to just get as many people to come to grandma's quilt group. You know, <laughs> that's, that's not the point. Grandma's quilt group. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, you know, there is hope to start and yeah you know, I think I think what can happen well th- uh, there is potential for for good and bad you can begin to create you know the positive culture that you want and the in the the value driven culture that you want and I think probably either the church will notice great things happening in your ministry and they'll say what are you doing how do we do that in our ministry? Mm-hmm. You know, and it might not it might not be the the church at you know the church wide level, but maybe you know another ministry at the church, the women's ministry, the men's ministry says, "Looks like things are really going well. What did you do, and how do we do it, and how do we get there?" And, you know, so then you might you know it might start to spread through other ministries. And you might have a, a really a grassroots campaign approach to changing the culture of your organization. Yeah, but there, I do think that there's going to be the possibility that um, your culture has to be changed by someone bigger than you <laughs> and um, not, not to be, not to discourage you. You know, I think there's always, there's always influence and an impact we can make on shaping the culture that we live in. But, um, but there may be people that become threatened by the success of your ministry mm. and then will try to shut it down. And they get intimidated. To, yeah, they'll get intimidated by it, and they won't want it to happen. So they'll, you know, so they'll figure out a way to stop you. And uh, and there are a lot of people and a lot of churches who have been around a lot of a long time and have a lot of influence for whatever reason, spiritual or non spiritual. They have a significant amount of influence, and they can make things happen and not happen. Yeah. So um, that's a possibility, and if that happens, you know, you might just have to become more creative and find another way around it, and. And try, you know, maybe maybe try less change over a longer period of time or something, or 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 just try to make it a little less obvious that you're trying to change things yeah. or whatever. But um, I think over time, health will will eventually win out. Yeah, and the uh, the dysfunction will become so obvious and so apparent <laughs> to I, some I, people. Everyone's like, I can't handle this anymore. Right. All this dysfunction. Fine, let's change the culture. So. Yeah, if you haven't uh, if you haven't heard of Lyft, I'd encourage yeah, it's called that, the Lyft Project. That's a um, is it like a website? 
Well, so the Lyft Project, Interactive Online Courses for Transformational Leadership, Leadership Institute for Transformation, that's what uh, mm. that's what the acronym stands for. Oh, and Leadership Institute for Transformation. Yes. Lyft. Um, I need to go find the actual website because I don't want to just throw something out you there. You don't want to make it up? Um. But yes, there is an actual website. And it is... The Lyft Project, willowcreek.com slash lift. Okay. So... Willowcreek.com slash lift. Yeah, Willow Creek Association, the Willow Creek... The Lyft Project, Leadership Institute for Transformation, willowcreek.com slash lift. So, if you... One of the reasons I liked this was that um, I could kind of open up with with the people in the room and just a lot of times in ministry you can't just you know let everything out that you're that you're you thinking. You can't just dive in. And jump. so um, so you need a. It's nice to have an outlet where you can where you can go and say this is happening. How do I change it? Or this is happening. How do I work around it or fix it or you know start yeah. to change it or you know something? And so that was one of the things that was nice is that is that I could go in there. I could be real. Yep. And and uh and say, you know, this is what it looks like right now. How do we really make a change and make a difference? Um and plus it's you know, you're being supported by other people who are some of the some of the people were in music worship ministry, others were just you know, they were senior pastors and associate pastors and just whatever uh realm of ministry in there and you're just rubbing shoulders with other leaders, business leaders and and ministry leaders who are going through the same thing that yeah. you're going through or probably have been or will go through and you can... They've been there or they yeah. will go through there, go through it, yeah. And so you can rub shoulders and share it with them. So if you if you need a little sharpening, if all you've had is input from books and you need a little kind of feedback and someone That's to kind good. of speak back, go to willowcreek.com slash lift and sign up for one of their courses and be a part of the Lift Project and I think you will find it well worth your time. So Nice. All right, that's all the time we have for this episode. So, worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can get in touch with us online at facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst. I got to get my notes. Voicemail 360-818-4339. Give us a review on iTunes or send an email to david at com or kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend about us. Yeah. Go give us a like. Give us a Mad Sauce Mad like. Mad Sauce and tell on your friends the Facebook. To like Mad Sauce Worship Ministry Catalyst. And uh, yeah, get the word out there and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.